Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month? dealing with just government compliance that's time you could be spending on growing your business or let's be honest taking a well-deserved break but fear not we got a game changer for you introducing sprout solutions and their tailored solutions for msmes called the payroll starter with sprout solutions payroll starter you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also powered by Podmachine. The simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. Welcome to the HUSTLESHARE Sunicorn Sessions. Sunicorn Sessions. The show where we discuss the journeys of Southeast Asia's most successful startups that are soon going to be the region's next unicorns. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the third Sunicorn Sessions. And this is probably one of the quickest comebacks ever in Hustle Share because literally I've had this guy last year, August 2021, and they just announced their Series B. They're one of those three pillars of startups that actually was able to raise Series B and above last year. But again, people are trying to kill your record this year. First quarter, three, are, three already became Sunicorns as well. But before I get carried away, I need to welcome my good friend. And not just a good friend, huh? He is a great singer. Maybe later we will have, uh, <laughs> we'll have him sing already. Let's welcome E.R. Rolian of Rosary. E.R., welcome back. 
Bahasa Syurah. Thanks, Ron. Happy to uh, be back. Yes. And again, thanks so much again for making the time. Uh, I know you're super busy, but we had to get you back because again, you're one of the rare breeds that are now considered the Sunicorns. But two things. Um, Again, we, we, I don't get to ask you what's your hustle anymore. We go straight to the jugular. And just recap it, recap us from August 2021 until March um, 2022, which is the time when we're recording this. Walk us through the biggest milestones that you had to go through. Because again, it's, it, it, it's just more than half a year. But man, that half a year is an eternity in startup life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I guess the most obvious one is shortly after um, our conversation, oh. uh, we got into Series C fundraising. And yeah, uh, yeah sh- shortly after. Because we we started that, I think, around October. Uh-huh. And then we, we closed the first tranche uh, just at the start of 2022. But it was really driven by the sentiment that we felt like we're really getting um, over the pandemic, um, not just as a business, but you know the economy at large. So that was the the feeling, and the most important um, thing for us to get back to was our geographic expansion, um, which took a really big pause uh, during the pandemic uh, because of well many many reasons. Right, we don't know how to deal with the different restrictions of the LGUs, um, how we will we how will we send our team safely, um, and are we are we safe to interact with Sari Sari stores when we explain to them yes. what the grocery app will do, right? So it 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 took a bit of time to recodify that, um, but the CDC was really kind of a, a big driver to to continue that geographic expansion. Um, the other thing that uh, that really happened uh, in a good way for us for 2021 was um, the growth of our non-FMCG businesses. So um, the bills payment, the telco, um, the e-commerce order assistance. So um, and even working capital loans in the form of buy now pay later. So we almost like um, doubled our transaction value for store. Um, largely driven by uh, new revenue streams, so that also allowed us to, uh, you know, to to do a bigger story around what would Series C be in store for us. When you say Series C, first tranche, is it does that mean that like again, because again, well, for in, in just to give context for those people who are raising, okay, in a perfect in a in a smaller check. 20k, 100k, 500k. You'll probably get all of that one time, big time. Okay. <laughs> when you close the term sheet, uh, someone will send that to you probably within a week's time after DB. But Series C first tranche does that mean? And again, th- this is probably the first time you're talking about this in public, so thank you. Um, no worries. Right, but does that mean the whole round is closed, or this is just the first, say, the lead? putting the money in and then so that everybody else will follow. Yeah. So I think what I'm learning is that there's no like fixed structure on how to deal with these things. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of it is really the meeting of the eye of investors and founders, but investors, both Mm -hmm. existing and, and new investors. Right. Um, 
And typically also within the VC world, I've learned oh. is that there, there's also an aspect of who's coming in. There's also a FOMO Absolutely. aspect, right? And just, it's not just between founders. Right. It's yeah. who also, right? So, mm. so if a VC company saw someone coming in, uh, somehow they feel like, oh, did I miss a chance to get right. into that deal, right? Mm. So um, we realized that maybe if we're able to get uh, some news out about the lead, it will create some sort of interest. We don't have to finish oh, off the entire round, mm. right? Um, of course, um, it doesn't always pan out. Uh, <laughs> the way you want to, yeah. But it's um, when you're dealing with the investors at negotiation stage, most of it are in a confidential, uh, in a confidential state, yeah. right? You can't talk about your conversation with other investors with other investors. But and of course, you can't. There yeah. also, <laughs> man, these guys talk like crazy. Okay? They do. That's right. There they is do. This magic back channel. That, uh, that they call they, they call deal flow. Okay, so this deal flow technically is that's where FOMO is actually really made. When when somebody snips out, it's just like the rumor mill in the NBA. Like, oh, someone's gonna get traded, huh? Someone they're gonna that's sign right. LeBron James and whatnot. Yeah. Man, the FOMO is real. And you're right because at the end of the day, um, yes, there there there's a lot of investors. They probably have the same. Um, buying power, but they don't have yeah. the same effect. So, like for example, upper echelon here in in the in the region, right? These are the open spaces that invested in Kumu, uh, in in Kumu, right? For you guys, it's uh, who 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 led you Series B? Oh, Wavemaker. Series B, Wavemaker, and Pavilion. Right. Yeah. So there, so that's that's big. Then then that the, the the bigger biggest voice is Tiger, uh, you know. Um, SoftBank, you name it, right? And then it depends yeah. on the, the stage, but there are funds here that once they start doing things, everybody, they play it as the Pied Piper. Everybody else just follows, right? So you yeah. want to get those, but there's a caveat. Those guys are really hard to close. It's really, really hard. To, yeah. You need to check all the boxes possible because it's, you're probably gonna yeah, get, yeah. get a no than a yes. Basically, getting one uh, investor to agree and pass their due diligence is a, is 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 quite a feat. And they also know how difficult the due diligence of other VCs yeah. are, right? So I guess when you're vetted by someone, it, it creates that FOMO effect. Anyway, yeah, you're saying something. No, no, that's true. And you know, at the end of the day, for you guys, I want to understand. So okay. I know Series B, you went Series C, and I heard this during the Build Startup Festival. I think Gabby of YGG went through the same thing. People lost out on their, I think, a, a seed and then became A. I forgot which, which, but they went back to back, double valuation. Because people, A16Z paid at double the valuation because they may, missed out on the month prior. What was that wow. like for you? So Series B to Series C, and it would, if that was a trigger point, was there a big gap for, for I mean, you don't have to discuss the valuation, of course, but how, how yeah. was that, the dynamics like? No, but I think between Series B and Series C, the business also just grew um, exponentially. Mm. So even though the period between B and C was quite short, 
the VDR, uh, the, the the data room yeah. uh, looks completely different mm-hmm. um, during the Series C, Judy uh, versus the Series B. So um, it it was also good that there was still momentum from the Series B um, announcement, mm-hmm. uh, but it was really the business that uh, kind of spoke for itself. No, and it's true. Um, and this is what what I remember. I'll just segue this a little bit. During the Build Startup Festival, several guys were talking about PR. And they were thanking me, like, what the fuck are you thanking me for? Like, what did I do? I just I was just your hype man. I'm happy to share your story. But apparently it does play a part really in creating that PR to create that momentum, whether you're trying to push product, push fundraising, that it does help, right? It it varies in different effects, like um they were able to hire better talent. They were able to get right. a client. They were able to get, again, a lead investor. So again, the, the PR thing really, uh, really helps. But PR is not just all about PR. I want to understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, from that point on, when you scale that fast, how is the team like? Because man, it's hard to build a team that holds through. And more importantly, <clears throat> It's hard to create a culture that 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 scales. Because right. as you yeah. create, get more people, man, the whole dynamic just changes. So, how did you do that? And how was how's the big how the how big is the team now? Uh, the the team is uh, much bigger now. I think the management team, uh, the headquarter size is I think over two hundred people now. Um, which is probably doubled since we last discussed in terms of just HQ people. Um, I don't think I have the perfect answer to your question on how do you scale culture. I think yeah. we're all trying to navigate Figure that. that out. But <laughs> yeah, but it helps to get uh, strong talents, regardless, right? Because if you get people who not only have good credentials, a good track record, but also mature and understands the vision. At least there's a common ground to come back to, uh, because the debates will always be there. But you know, sometimes, um, although I'm having a lot more debates now with <laughs> a lot more s- smart people, yes, which is good. Um, at the end of the day, you're right. At the end of the day, it's still a blessing that I'm able to debate with more smart people, um, and and it and it helps. Uh, so I think for us, we really tried to. Um, ramp up our senior leadership team. Yeah. Um, we have a new CFO. Uh, we we were able to get a CMO. Uh, I think less than two years ago. So it's probably around around Series B time. All the fuel fight new. Um, we just got a chief people officer. We we're able to ramp up our operations team. Um, we we hired a, an operations director. So we're still there's still quite a few spots to fill, but um, that was also, the, in a way, the series B announcement helped put some credibility around you know people who probably would not have otherwise considered us. Absolutely. Um, so at least take a second look. Um, yes. So that's helpful. They'll see like, oh, so they have budget, they can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not gonna close. Uh, in, you know, they the are next not gonna go so. to, to this big uh, whatever. <laughs> and then you ran. Oh, okay, we can do this. No, and and that's true because um, uh, at this point, and again, I'm learning this the hard way. 
Because when I build, again, there's nothing at scale. I, mean, I have a 50-man team right now. It's still baby shark. That's big, okay. man. Still a baby shark. Again, I look at you, freaking Kuma 600. You have freaking 200. Rick Deals has, I don't know. Like, dude, we're a baby shark. Okay, but it's true. The last thing you want to do, surround yourself with, as you scale, is two types of people. Yes, men. You need healthy debates in order to get to where you want to be. And number two, you want to get the right generals. Because if you get your soldiers and then they are like, okay, so who's going to do this? Who's going to do what? And that they're, all of them are their, your direct one downs. You're going to struggle. Because you see yourself spread too thin. Like, shoot, I'm doing marketing product, fundraising and all these things. And there's no adult in the room. It's going to be a mess. Now, let's just zero in on the metrics, right? I remember the last time we talked. We we talk we talk we talk we talked. Um, it was a totally different n- narrative with the, the metrics you chased at Series B to Series C. What were those metrics that mattered to you the most? Because at this point, it's they call it growth staging. It's no longer mm-hmm. just oh, do you have product market fit? Do you have <laughs> some traction? Yeah, dude, you're looking for hyper growth. What were those metrics like? So for us, I think. The series B to C, and I don't know for other startups, the, the B2C metrics in terms of what they were or what they are, it didn't really change. So transaction mm-hmm. value, active stores, engagement, retention, just and higher. then uh, just higher. Um, <laughs> and just higher, just faster, and, and just scarier. more. And scarier in terms of is this sustainable, right? Th- th- mm-hmm. Those questions start to um keep in a bit more um heavily i guess in, in those discussions but i the way to think about it is um if you if the metrics change all the time by series then it probably means you're also changing your model or pivoting which may or may not be a good thing um right so so it depends on i guess the story you're trying to paint correct and again there's well, for you can afford to do that in between seed, pre-A, A. But at A and above, dude, whatever, it's touch move at that point. Right? <laughs> you're going to have a hard time if you pivot that that late, right? Because imagine pivoting not just the product, but the whole team. It's a mess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. All right, last few questions before I take our first break. Let's go personal now. This is what I love it because when I last had had you, you had one of the most amazing stories on Hustle Share of struggle, <laughs> you know, almost dying with the startup and whatnot. You know, had you had your also personal uh, battles you had to go through. But in this phase, what were the hardest things that you had to go through in between? Say the last time we caught up, August to now. I think a lot of it now is about. Um, kind of getting the startup, uh, how should I say this? As founders, it's important for us that this, that the business lives beyond us, right? Uh, In the sense legacy. that, yeah, or, or like that, you know, it's, I, I cannot be the smartest person in the room, right? My CFO needs to be much, much better than me in finance. My CFO needs to be much, much better than me in marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's really paving the way for uh, these leaders, these talents that will take the company to the next level. I think that's one. Um, 
and it's always a tag between um how much do you tell them just go to town with your ideas versus let's try and keep focus to what we need to do yeah. but equally important i guess are the people who've been with us so even if i say people have been with us for three years three years is nothing but in startup people have been with us for three years that's like 10 years right in in, yeah. in terms of probably a typical job um we we need to start to think about what development means for them and what growth means for them um and it, it's tough because uh it's very easy in the beginning to say that the training is on the job Correct. and by and large that's still true even if you're bcdefg i think yeah but um but you need to be a bit more formal about how you institutionalize knowledge transfer how do you um create more culture building initiatives and because the team is much bigger and now we have teams sitting in iloilo in Bicol, wow. right in the union um how do you make sure there's a glue and, and like i said this is something that i don't have a a, a perfect answer for mm -hmm. um and this is something that we are kind of still working towards and that's true because i think i know what what you're saying here because i've read this in a book way back uh it's good to great with jim collins we call it level five leadership because everybody most most successful startups end up at level four leadership so i'll, I'll I'll, I'll, dig, I'll dig down a little bit. Level four leadership are these great companies that are very much founder led. But if you remove the founder, that company crumbles with the founder, without the founder. So, for example, Apple. It's not the same without Steve Jobs, right? They they were create able to create a moat financially, of course. Yeah, they're still still Apple per se. But look at the products, man. It's just it's not the same. Level five leadership companies are that even if you remove the founder, founder, it were actually it was actually able to get new heights that it sort of felt like the founder was the one holding it back, right? So, but only a very very rare breed get ever get to that. So, yeah, we, we it's hard to to get them. Hopefully, we we all, all end up uh, doing that because at the, at that point also you're you're right there. You're expendable. All of us are expendable at that point. We're an executive, and you're gonna have to talk about and think about um, transitions and and you know succession at that point. So yeah, I, I I can't imagine myself thinking about that, but hopefully we get to unicorn sessions as well as. as, as but I think we're a long, long way from that. Oh my god! Um, yes, but me, we to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take our first break, and when we come back, let's dig deeper and how you became a unicorn. Let's talk about that more after the break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with ER Rolgan of Grocery, uh, our third Sumicorn session, right? But again, just to, if you're curious about this guy's hustle and how, you, uh, how he did it, just go all the way back, August 2021. That's where we dissected this amazing story and whatnot. If you just caught this, but again, one of the best stories I've ever had of literal grit. And that grit always evolves. And I want to now um, know and do a dig, uh, deep dive on how you change as a leader and as a founder. What were there things that you stopped doing and you started doing over this last few months that we, 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 from the last time we caught up? Um, I, I've been getting a lot of feedback um around um either being extremely a micromanager okay. or <laughs> okay. extremely dark and absent right <laughs> and, and no in, in, in a way mm-hmm. there's no in between um and, and i guess that's also how i work i'm not a very good multitasker yep. um and so i like to do things in a very focused way uh, but but the good thing is I have fantastic partners, right? Um, and we split the work uh, between us. But what that does is if I'm kind of on you, I'm on you. <laughs> and that could be quite, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's, that's not good also. And and uh, some of my leaders are saying, hey, you know, that's why you got me. You got to let me, you know, manage these things also. So I I've been trying to figure out what the right balance is um and the good thing is um i do have um investors partners that Mm -hmm. i get to talk with very very regularly and they help me um recalibrate Mm -hmm. uh where i spend my time my time how i spend my time and where it needs to go yeah and of course when you when you give me more I, then naturally I will detach on some of those things, right? That's why it's very important that 
we are hiring the the leaders because then that gives you some level of comfort that things will run. So, um, did, I, did that answer your question? No, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm nodding here because that's the same thing Steve C. said two episodes ago. <laughs> that he, ha- he had the struggle and I can't blame you because um, as founders, the biggest trust we also have is with ourselves, right? Um, it's like, mm, I'm going to help this guy. But the, 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 the objective is not to really breed somebody's ne- down somebody's neck. But I just really want to get something done. But we got so used to, ah, if I do this, I'm, I'm probably going to get this right. Steve said the same thing. That, oh, his leadership team, uh, he hired a few guys. And then he said, um, yeah, back off. <laughs> you hired me to do this. Let me do this, right? But I I, I can't blame it. Because I, I'm guilty of that too. That when yeah. I'm in, I'm all in. And the pace is going to get done by hook or by crook, right? But again, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just trying to be someone to help you get there. But again, when you hire those people, you kind of have to go through the same chain of command and let them call the shots. Because if not, then you also ostracize them. Yeah, yeah. And then the other interesting thing that I realized is that, and this is what we hate about big companies right that they mm. are big companies are slow uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy etc right and mm. we're not necessarily huge right we're growing we're we're bigger but we're not yet there there but i can already see signals that we're slowing down and mm. and 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 these are things that you try to make sure you avoid yeah. but you realize that if you try if you maintain exactly the same level of agility when you are much smaller it also kills the organization because right. at a certain size they also need some level of stability right so i'll give you an example um when we were probably when we had just one or two warehouses mm. i can give everyone access to the warehouse so if they want to say, hey, can we pilot this mode of collecting cash or can we try mm-hmm. and pack the orders this way versus that way? And because it's a small team, everyone collaborates and, and they can kind of do A-B test a lot better, right? Mm-hmm. Now we have 22 warehouses between La Union to Iloilo, oh, right? Crap. Wow. If you, if you open that up, to if everyone gets to access any of those 22 <laughs> warehouses and they decide to do what sort of uh, new pilot, right? It, it breaks down. So, kagulos. That's kagulo, right? Kagulo, kasi imagine in the, all of these people trying to access all warehouses and trying mm. to do all their pilot tests. <laughs> it's chaotic. And, and then you realize you have to add more criteria for them to scale things across the board and mm. that's going to slow down the process right but wow. it, but that but some of it is required because mm. the warehouse teams if if you if they always get 10 new things to test it's going to make their lives a living hell also exactly. so again i don't know the answer to that balance but that's kind of what i noticed is an interesting thing we need to figure out right. as we grow because I don't think, how do you maintain the startup culture and agility, even though maybe several years from now, you're yes. not called a startup anymore? Mm-hmm. That's, it's, it's a tough one. I don't know. It's eerie because like 
things that we hated in corporate, like, ah, oh, I have to go through this, blah, blah, blah. It's now also starting to materialize. And you, it's weird because you kind of now understand that, ah, that's why pala. That's why yeah. there's this structure. Right. Because if we didn't have that structure, dude, it's kagulost uh, all the time. But, <laughs> but the thing is, again, that, that's the balance that you want, that, the, the main advantage of being a startup, being agile, being fast, being innovative and whatnot, or being open to do crazy things should still retain. And again, hopefully when you do, when you become a real unicorn now, we'll go talk about it. And I'll ask, I'll, when we do catch up, like, how did you do it? What, what changed? But for now, pending item, holding accountable, how to share listeners. We'll, we'll talk to you. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you about that. Now let's talk about one thing that is always going to be present the most difficult decision that you made is that you always had to be making tough calls right firing someone you know killing a project that was never or realizing that you just spent a shit ton of money on something that didn't work which always is a bitter pill was there anything that was really tough during this past few months that you had to swallow? I, I think um, we're on the verge of trying to answer that question. I don't think we've answered it yet. So we're still in that stage. But um, when you try to create a platform like Grocery uh, and you start to see the potential of what products and services you can put on top, and then the logistics capability that you're trying to build, you you start to ask yourself, to what extent do I, you know, do I push the business uh, that it still is in the same business, or uh, am I trying to create a different business? Because uh, again, trying to learn from what we're seeing in other markets, it seems like, you know, you have a very profitable core business and then you try to expand it to a new revenue stream and then somehow some way in, in some situations the the inefficiencies the new revenue streams are killing off your core business and then you don't know is that right is that wrong then you ask yourself well you know moving to this new adjacency is going to give me better valuation but then i'm not trying to to play that game i'm not here to drive up valuation i'm here to to build a sustainable business. But if I stick to my core, am I going to be tagged as a very conservative founder? And therefore, even though that's what's best for the core, I don't get any funding at all because I'm not thinking big enough. So uh, the good thing is our investors allow us to take the horns and like lead this. But it's a very tough, um, decision. I don't even know if it's one decision, but yeah. um, this is something that we are working on as a collective leadership team. The other thing also is, the good thing about that is, I don't necessarily have to deal with that alone anymore. Yeah. Right. Uh, although that has never been the case. I mean, uh, I, I do have very strong partners, but there's more of us to, to share that. <laughs> to the right table the is bigger. Yeah, there it's a go. bit bigger. So it's mm-hmm. good. Absolutely. Okay. Now, Let's just, just zero in furthermore. Um, again, this is uncharted territory for a lot of us, especially for you guys. But what were the things you thought you knew 
coming into the Series B, Series C territory, Sunicorn territory, because all rainbows and butterflies, it all looks like that from the outside, but I'm pretty sure it's treacherous when you're in there. What are those things you thought you knew at this point? Well, I guess um, that's the thing, right? That's a very hard question to answer because when you are going through Judy, you're expected to give answers to everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you act like you know everything. Um, and then you have to execute uh, what you've sold, right? Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is the challenge. I do think that over time, and maybe not just for BNC, um, but for, you know, even from seed to A, it's really the amount of execution that is needed um, that we think, we, like, we, we, we think the playbook is like this, and therefore we take it. But somehow we learn um, that in this particular province, uh, they don't like this product, or they mm-hmm. may need a different language to engage and things like that. Uh, or culturally, this is what's better. And, and so it kind of just, um, we just have to adapt, uh, I guess, that way. Um, the other thing that's super interesting for me is that as the, start, as the Philippine startup ecosystem starts to mature mm-hmm. and we go past B and C, a lot of people will start to look at our model and they'll either see, oh, that's interesting. Can I do something on that space? Yes. Or, you know, um, some version of what Grossari is doing. And now people are asking me, who are your competitors? And, and what do you think about that, right? Um, this is something we, of course, think about. But I think post B and C, because um, in a way, what you said, right, there's like a handful of companies that have made it to B and C. We have to be a lot careful also. Yes. About we're paving the way, but how many ways are we paving for how many people? Correct. Uh, and how do you make sure that we protect the business around yeah. that? So there is a balance also between, you know, I realize I, I, all your questions I'm not answering, I'm just giving it a two sides. I never gave you an answer today. I just gave you the two sides. Right? So it's, it's, uh, we want the ecosystem to grow. Mm. Um, it's a good thing, but we want to make sure that um, our part of that ecosystem is also very clear. So again, it's a non-answer to your question. No, but and that's uh, fine because at this point, man, a lot of people don't have answers, and that's why you're. And I must be. Uh, I can't empathize because heck, I'm at pre A, and I already don't have a lot of the answers. And I would probably do the same thing that you did, and just you know, puzzle you out and then wisdom you out the whole time. But man, it's hard. And then that's what I want to know now. Back then, what what keeps us awake at night is, is you know, survival, payroll, how the hell am I going to get out of this rut? At this point, I'm pretty sure you still don't have enough sleep. <laughs> well, what are those things that run through your mind now when you don't have that type of sleep that, you know, because again, what I realized, you know, what? I, when, when I was fundraising or shorter runway, yeah, okay, that it makes you want to throw up that type of losing sleep. But as yeah. the stakes go higher, apparently it's still the same. <laughs> you're just uh, mm-hmm. you're just thinking of a different thing. What is that like for you? It's a slightly different way now. And, and I, I do think that um, um, 
I, I have a much better um, psychological and mental state, I, I would say. Um, at this, the, when I lose sleep or when I think about things, and I don't, I don't even think about it that way anymore. Um, but when I think about, when I step back and I think about the business, it's really, we, we have now some luxury to think about um, six months, a year, two years from now and implications on the type of investments we will do. It's less about what do we do with this late order, um, right? And, and, and it's partly because hopefully by then you have some system to take care of, but we also have a, a stronger peep, uh, you know, team to, to take care of that. But, but for us, so I think that's one. No? I think um, it's, it's, it's better. It's a little bit more peaceful. Um, but you're right. It's the, the stakes are higher because um, the amount of budget we are talking about, right, are like 10x, 20 times. This is the absolute amount of money that we need to decide on. So it's a different uh, sort of stress. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but I do think that, uh, you know, over my personal experience also, right, that you mentioned, I also try and make sure that my life is not the business and the business is not my life yes. sort of a thing. I think that's important for your mental health also. Yeah. Um, and if you have good people and that you will eventually learn how to trust, you realize that you're all just trying to do the, the right thing. So you don't yeah. have to necessarily kill yourself over it and own everything. So I now I try to think about hopefully, you know, I have a two-year-old kid. Am I spending enough time Terrible with him? Terrible to spa. Oh, good luck. Terrible to spa. So, so medyo may ganun na. How do, I, uh, how, how do I make sure that, you know, I, I try to be healthier? Um, but also, I think, how do I make sure that the employees um, are energized uh, every single day they show up? Um, yeah. And so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different sort of thing. That's a perfect segue to my next question because... Is that also how you maintain focus? Having that balance of of life and the, you know, the things that you care about. Because in, in reality, if you're blessed to be a founder that you actually just love what you're doing, you won't want to get out of that too, right? Yes, there's going to be stress, but if you love it, yeah. that's also what keeps you alive. But at this point, ER, I want to understand, like, is that also the way you maintain focus? How do you stay sharp? Because... There's a million things that you have to decide on or take take shots for, but well, how do you choose between what to do first at this point? Because again, yeah. you built a machine, right? Um, what comes first? I, as a personal strategy, mm. I think what helps me is one: um, don't do not scrimp on step back conversations with your co-founders. And the toughest thing about being a CEO, I think, is that you may think you don't have a boss. And if you embrace that mindset, I think that's a killer. I think you need to, yeah. I think, you, I think there, you have to have bosses, not just one, right? It's fine. Some people say it's for the consumer's boss, blah, blah. Of course. Your board you need, is your boss. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but um, I, I, you know, my founders, they keep me, my co-founders, they keep me honest my investors they keep me honest so making sure you have conversations with them um and seeking what they you know what sort of things they see outside in a way give feedback 
um, it helps, right? Um, we one of our co-founders, uh, he's really super passionate about people, and so he, he diligently makes sure we have consistent employee surveys um, on a regular basis, and and we read all the difficult comments and we we address them head on, which is another thing that I think helps put focus is do the difficult meetings. Like the ones that uh, that you want to defer and you know, I don't want to do that meeting, that stuff. This is the easy <laughs> one, right? Yeah. Do the ones, because the difficult meetings force the priorities and the priorities drive the focus. Um, and so I think that has kind of helped me in a way. Um, stay sharp if, if, if that's irrelevant. <laughs> no, that's true. And you know, it, it's because if you just, delay things it's just gonna take on a life of its own right and you want to be able to catch it when it's just a smoke not not a not a forest fire yeah because and then the third thing also sorry i forgot to mention listen to your um to your uh family and loved ones Mm -hmm. who completely has they probably don't understand your business right but they take cues based on how you respond at home your emotional state your psychological state so sometimes i'm not always the best at this also right my wife will throw a comment and of course in my mind it's like what does she know about what i do like you know but <laughs> same same yeah or my mom will say hey you should slow down or are you mm. you know are you overreaching blah blah mm. take take the, the take them in the right context because yeah. these are also input to you so um because these people at least there's no second guessing their intention, right? So it just gives you a balanced view. So yeah, so have your have step by conversation with your investors and founders. Do the difficult meetings, and uh, make sure that the the sense you get from your loved ones, you try and take that a bit more seriously. Got it. All right, last few questions before I let you go to Sunicorn territory. Um, just real, real, real tips here. What are the extra tips now in raising CVC? Is it all just hitting your metrics at that point? Or uh, what what does what the series C deck even look like at that point? You know, or a VDR look like? Whoa, just just paint us a picture because again, this is rare. We get exposed to this type of stuff. Uh, but if you can so find I, some I think, on. again, it's, it's tough because every industry is different and every mm. investor is different. Uh, it's really in a in a huge way being able to tell a story, but mm. in the in the most practical sense from an investor's perspective, um, with the amount of money that you're asking them and the type of valuation you're putting your company you you're putting onto your company, these guys need a 10x ROI, right? Wow. Or an 8x. I mean, because these are serious investors. Yeah. And if the return is not going to be at that level, 3x, 4x, 5x, 10x, then it's not going to be worth their time. So from their vantage point, that's that's the question they're going to ask themselves. Their IC is going to ask them that question. If I put $10 million on this company, is it going to be $50 million, $100 million, $30 million in five years? And how? How is that going to happen, right? In 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 pre-seed, some of these things are a bit more speculative. Yep. 
And the market size is true, but it's also theoretical at the same time. Um, in in I guess BC plus, it needs to start to feel like it's real, and that uh, the returns are gonna come because you have to understand that the more it's unclear for the investors, the more they're gonna put a lot of safety measures in the deal, right? Let's say I really like you, but there's a but. But but. I'm not sure is your business gonna 5x or 10x and therefore I do I get my money's return or maybe I think my money's gonna grow 2x, 3x but maybe I'll put it in some other startup but I really like Ron as a founder then maybe let me de-risk it by asking for a higher liquidation preference um, you know let me let me protect my, my money or let me add more oversight I need to make sure that they know how to use their budget so I want budget approval for every amount beyond a certain amount. Oh so we, we, we have to understand that if these clauses are there because they want to protect their upside yeah, and they have all the right to do so because yeah. they're taking the risk with us. So the more you the risk, the more, when you tell your story, the more you're making this return as tangible and as doable as possible, mm-hmm. the more you're, you're able to hopefully take out some of those um, um, clauses. Clauses. And that's true. Because again, at the end of the day, you have to remember that as a VC, it's not their money. This is a family fund. This is, again, some sovereign wealth fund from wherever that are chipping in here. And their objective is to give them that at least 10x at that point, especially Right, it's it's higher even if it's an, it's an earlier higher high risk one because sometimes they even think think hundred x. Uh, how how do they get to that? And you know, um, if you can find a way to validate all those assumptions with with those things, um, you ha- you you'd, you'd end up with a better deal. But even if you do have a bad deal, but if you really need that, nah, then you're gonna have to roll the dice and uh, you know. Um, run with it uh because at the end of the day at that point pr i I'd, I'd already correct me if i'm wrong but you're also thinking exit at that point you cannot just run this as a legacy thing forever yeah. you you have to eventually exit this out and at that point as the valuation gets higher there's a smaller pool of people that can afford to acquire you or you're gonna have to go straight ipo Correct. And, and these are the things that the investors are rightfully assessing. Um, and that's why it's important that that story is a bit, is a bit clear. If you think about an investment fund, right? Mm-hmm. Normally runs, I don't know what, 10 years. Yeah. So let's say you, you, your family office, you put money in the fund, that fund, you know. And, and I think what they do, I'm not from that industry, is, you know, for the first you know, 10, 20, 30% of their funds, they try to go small check and spread. Let's bet on everyone with smaller amounts. Maybe that's how early stage thing works also. But mm-hmm. as the as some of these um, um, winners, quote unquote, emerge, yeah. the ones that are better traction, the balance of the fund, they just, they double down. consolidate it, double down, right? Mm-hmm. And that happens also. So in BNC discussions, Usually that's the case. 
the BNC investors will say, I'm going to write a smaller check or I'm going to lead, but this is my minimum check size, but, but I'm not going to give you the full, but I want to track you because I want to do your series D or E or F. They're also looking at it that way. So yeah. we have investors that are investing on us, but they're also investing in other B2B platforms elsewhere, right? So um, again, you have to, if you want to get the investment, you have to also look at it from their lens. And so when you try and paint your story, how do you, how do you slowly show to them that you're emerging as one of the winners that will eventually attract those? And, and at, at each stage, the dimension changes a bit, but that's by and large, I feel uh-huh. in terms of how I see things, I feel like that's how it works. I may be wrong. Uh, again, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> We're just uncharted territory, so whatever. Again, I just want to understand. We want to understand the perspective of what it's the what what it's uh, like to be a flag bearer for for the ecosystem. Because again, everybody will try to follow, right? Not to copy you, but again, this will come in handy when somebody's raising series B, series C, and. This is going to be an elite resource. Now, last questions. Um, are you starting to look at other startups and direct angel checks now too? If you and if you are, what what, what do you look for in those uh, little checks that you write for other founders? Um, we are just even before we 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 always look out for ideas, right? That either uh, complement with us or compete with us. Um, but yes, that, uh, we, the answer to that question is we have started to look, at least that we have done. Um, and of course, this is, uh, if, if we are, t- and it goes back to my earlier um, answer that the biggest question we need to face is what's the boundary of the business? Um, to, to, to what extent do we stretch it out? Uh-huh. Once that's starting to get clear, then you realize, okay, what capabilities will I have to build on my own? And what capabilities do I partner, buy, you know, I don't know, invest in? And and so we have to start to look at these things as that bigger picture um, emerges. It's a bit vague right now because we are, we're not done with that exercise. But yeah. as part of that exercise, we are looking into some of these things. Got it. All right. Now, before I let you go, were there any extra tips for startup founders entering Sunicorn territory that uh, you can share so that if they are going to get here eventually, they know what to do and what not to do? Um, sure. I, I think this, uh, you, you mentioned the term flag bearer. I think it's a lot of pressure. I don't like the term. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean that in a good way, in the sense uh, that it creates a lot of unnecessary pressure or distraction that you probably don't need as a founder, right? So the only thing you need to be focused on is building your business. Yes. And if your business, if your business continues to track, hopefully you get more customers, more investors, more suppliers, yeah. and it creates, and that makes the ecosystem a lot more healthy. So, uh, and I mentioned this in the in the other webinar also. Don't try and go after a certain series or a certain amount of money, or don't go after fundraising. 
Um, I know that you know some people might say, "Oh, you, you can say that now because you've done B and C," but that was never uh, that was never the driver, right? Yeah. And and just focus on the value that you're trying to create, sure. um, so that at least you know the the hype is not artificial. We don't want we also we also don't want to create a, a startup bubble, right? Yes. Where the, the ecosystem is getting now a lot of these capital, but the ecosystem is not able to deliver. That's yes, also that's, not good mm-hmm. because the, the ecosystem is not able to deliver. Then the entire Philippine startup scene is, you know, going to be looked at globally as, you know, a bubble and, you know, a fad. So uh, the best way to protect the ecosystem is to take care of your business exactly. and to encourage other people to do the same and to encourage other people with ideas to start acting on those ideas. And then hopefully that just, you know, creates this sort of effect. And that's true. And then it's eerily similar to what Roland said that they don't even want to be called a unicorn. They don't want to be called a flag bearer and whatnot, because it's, it's so much pressure. And again, they're just trying, they're, they're just trying to do their shit, right? Technically. Yeah. Things done. And I mean, it comes with the territory. But I like that you guys are focused. And again, thank you very much, ER, for gracing us your time on the next Unicorn Sessions. But before I let you go, invite people over. What's what's next for you guys? And I'm excited when I get you back, when you're a unicorn already. Okay, but what, what should people <laughs> look out for uh, with Grocery in the next coming months? I'm hoping that wherever you are in the Philippines, uh, Grocery will soon touch your community. Um, we are uh, quite serious about um, accelerating our geographic footprint. So hopefully, you know, watch out for that. So if you know anyone who um, wants to provide warehousing or some sort of logistic support in your province, right, give us a call. We might be able to connect to our platform. If you have small business owners or size store owners in that area, tell them we're coming. And of course, we're always on the lookout for um, super motivated, talented people who want to join the cause. Um, and and uh, ER is in the house already. <laughs> <laughs> team is always expanding. If yeah. you guys think that you know this, the vision is is, is exciting, and hopefully, um, you know, through this conversation, you get a sense of who we are as a company. Also, we're happy to talk to you. All right. Thank you very much, ER. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And again, this format is actually also going to be on YouTube. So again, you get to see the poggy and pretty girls that are behind these things. It's not just all voices and bear with my face. That, that's what it is. <laughs> and again, lastly, if you, if you want to be uh, part of the community, it's going to be the Hustle Share community on Facebook. And sorry, if we also say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. Again, ER, thank you very much. Thanks, Ron. Take care. All right. I'll see you guys in the next Unicorn Sessions. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter 
Corner has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. <laughs> 